In many ways, life as we know it has changed drastically in the past month. Almost all the schools in the country, from kindergarten all the way up to college, have moved to distance learning platforms. Many places of business have closed completely. Restaurants have had to drastically adjust their business model without the ability to have dine-in customers. And you need to have perfect timing if you want to find a decent selection of hand sanitizer, disinfectant wipes, or toilet paper. However, the coronavirus pandemic has also brought out its share of scams. Some are scams we have already seen, just repurposed for the current time. Others have addressed unique elements of the pandemic, like the stimulus checks that are supposed to be coming this month. It should be no surprise that criminals are exploiting the pandemic in order to steal money from vulnerable adults. They rely on fear and uncertainty in order to get more people to fall victim to their scams. When there is no immediate fear, they create it. But when the public is already fearful, it provides fertile ground for these type of scams. While calm, logical thought will certainly help you avoid many scams, it is important to stay aware of the latest trends so that you are prepared in the event that you face one of these scams. So with that in mind, on today's show, I want to discuss 10 recent coronavirus-related scams. Helping you stay safe in a connected world. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal. Welcome back to the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast, the safest podcast on the internet. Every major news story brings out its share of related scams, and most tend to subside as the news coverage wanes. However, as the coronavirus pandemic enters its second month with infections nationwide, and some areas have seen outbreaks for longer, the number of scams is continuing to grow. While we will likely see even more scams in the coming days, here are some of the current scams you need to be aware of in order to avoid. First, be on the lookout for scam companies promising to help you get your stimulus money sooner. As you've probably heard by now, Congress approved and the President signed a law creating an immediate tax credit of at least $1,200 for almost all Americans. However, like most laws, it is unclear on the specifics of exactly how the distribution of the refund will be handled. Obviously, the purpose is to give the government plenty of flexibility to manage the distribution appropriately and adapt to sudden changes. But our not-so-friendly scammers have been able to exploit the lack of details in order to create confusion. It didn't take long before websites sprouted up, promising that they could assist you in obtaining your stimulus check sooner. At that point, the government didn't even know exactly how they would handle the distribution of the stimulus money, so anything promising to get you your money sooner was obviously a scam. But if you're out of work and struggling for money, you might be desperate to get your money as soon as possible and fall for a scam like this. A second similar type of scam are companies that promise to help you apply for unemployment benefits. Now, some of these companies will actually help you apply for the benefits, but they're charging you to do something that you're fully capable of doing and at a time when you probably need the money more than you need the help filling out the forms. However, there are other companies out there that will take your money and run 
and never do anything to help you file for unemployment. The only time you should even need to consider seeking assistance with an unemployment claim is if your claim is denied and you're trying to appeal. And even then, it's questionable whether seeking a lawyer's services would be worth the cost. So a third type of scam are fake charities that will try to get you to donate money in the name of helping others. Americans are known for their generosity in times of crisis, and it is perfectly normal to want to give to help others in a time like this. And while it certainly is good to give, it is not good to get scammed out of money that you thought you were giving to help other people. There are many ways that these scams are set up, and just because an organization has a decent-looking website does not mean that it is a legitimate charity. Anyone can set up a website with just a small amount of work. So if someone shows up at your door claiming to represent a charity, don't just do a quick internet search on the charity and then donate based on their website. If you're looking for whether a charity is legitimate, visit the Better Business Bureau's Give.org website. This website analyzes charities based on 20 standards for accountability, and it also gives you a look at its tax status and recent financial records. This can let you know if the charity is putting the majority of its income towards its purpose. Sadly, some charities that have outstanding missions have been known to waste a substantial portion of their donations on things like administrative expenses and marketing instead of actually fulfilling their purpose. There's no doubt that a certain level of administrative expense is going to be necessary in order for the organization to function. But if you find that an organization is spending 30 or 40% of its revenue on administrative expenses and only giving 50, 60, or 70% of its money towards its mission, you might want to look for another organization to donate to. Similar to fake charities, a fourth type of scam that's come up recently are fake government organizations. The Better Business Bureau recently reported that there was a site for the United States Emergency Grants Foundation which claimed to have money to give out to those affected by this pandemic. The problem? The United States Emergency Grants Foundation does not exist. The site simply wanted to get the personal information of those who were searching for help in this time of emergency. And in this case, the site asked for everything needed to steal your identity, including your social security number. Other fake sites may ask you to pay a processing fee in order to have your application for a government grant processed. In the best case scenario, you'll just be out the money that you spent on the fee. But more likely is that your card data will be saved with others who fell for that scam and then sold later on. Be very wary of any government organization that you've never heard about previously. Always search to see if that organization is actually a part of the government. And even if the agency mentioned is legitimate, it doesn't mean that someone who calls you is a legitimate representative of that agency. And that brings us to scam number five, people who impersonate agents of legitimate government organizations. Now this one is not new, nor is it limited to times of crisis. There's probably a good chance you've had a phone call from someone, or at least an automated recording, claiming to be the IRS and saying that you owe back taxes that you must pay immediately. There have been several instances where people have been tricked into providing personal information to a criminal who pretended to be from the unemployment office 
just calling to verify their application for unemployment. Given the high number of people who are currently applying for benefits, it's certainly likely that this will become more common the longer this pandemic drags on. And while I've not heard any reports of this particular type of scam happening yet, I could definitely see someone claiming to be an IRS agent and asking you to verify your bank account details for the direct deposit of your stimulus check. The key detail here is to remember that government agencies will rarely contact you by phone, and even when they do, they will not ask you for personal details that they already have. Scam number six involves something that I never thought I'd be talking about on the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast. Toilet paper. These little rolls of soft white sheets of paper have become like white gold during the pandemic. But yes, toilet paper, hand sanitizer, disinfectant wipes, and other similar items that have been in short supply in your local stores have been a part of a series of phishing scams. I received one of these emails myself. The email that I received advertised that Amazon was giving away free hand sanitizer with any purchase. But like virtually all phishing scams, the email tells you to follow the link and sign into your Amazon account. However, the page doesn't direct you to Amazon's website, it directs you to a fake website, which will collect your Amazon account information and probably use it to place orders using your saved payment information. Scam number seven was a malicious Android app called the COVID-19 Tracker. This app claimed to allow you to monitor the spread of the COVID-19 virus. The only known source of this app was from a website that appeared to be set up specifically for the purpose of distributing this malicious app. It was not available in the Google Play Store or any of the other Android app stores. When you installed this app, you would then be greeted with a screen demanding that you pay $100 in Bitcoin within the next 48 hours, or all the data on your phone would be deleted. The notice even comes with this warning. Your GPS is watched and your location is known. If you try anything stupid, your phone will be deleted. This is a common form of malicious software known as ransomware. The software takes control of your device and holds it or your data ransom until you make a payment, usually with Bitcoin or some other form of anonymous currency. There are several things you can do to avoid downloading malicious apps like this. First, only get your apps from the Google Play App Store. Don't use third-party app stores or download apps directly from websites. Google analyzes apps for malware before it publishes them into its store. While this analysis does not seem to be quite as thorough as what Apple does with apps in its app store, it still blocks most malicious apps from being published. If an app isn't available in the Google Play Store, you need to seriously question if you need that app. You should also make sure that your information is coming from trusted sources. Anyone with a small amount of technical knowledge can register a domain name and build a website. And while search engines and social media do a decent job of trying to filter out bad information, not everything you read on the internet is trustworthy. Everyone is talking about the coronavirus right now, so there's no reason to be getting your news about it from an app that is only available at the website coronavirusapp.site. Go to a reputable news source or a reputable medical information source like the World Health Organization 
or the Centers for Disease Control. And just like you need to be careful what websites you visit, the eighth scam involves false information on social media. Search Facebook and there is no shortage of groups available promoting home cures or concoctions that will keep you from getting the virus. There's also no shortage of so-called medical experts who push these types of cures. If you find information on social media but you can't find it elsewhere on reputable news sites, you can be confident that it's probably unreliable. There are also social media groups that change their name every time the next major story comes out. If you look at the history of these groups, you may find that the group had six or eight names last year and is already on name two or three for this year, and the only connection between the names is that it changed based on the prevailing news story of the time. That brings us to scam number nine, which is actually a more low-tech scam than some of the other ones. There have been reports that scammers were going door-to-door trying to sell in-home coronavirus test kits. Many of the reports I saw were from California, but I did see some that were from other states as well. Once again, this scam can be avoided using logic and knowledge. At the time, we barely had the ability to test people who were showing symptoms of coronavirus. Even now, almost a month later, testing still isn't widely available. With hospitals and doctors having limited access to testing kits, there's no way that people would be selling them door-to-door. And then finally, scam number 10 involves some fake checks that have shown up in people's mailboxes. Now, some of these were just scummy advertisements and not actually scams. There was one in Florida that came from a local used car lot. However, others definitely looked like legitimate checks and didn't appear to have any connections to advertisements. The exact reason for these checks wasn't clear. There didn't seem to be an expectation to wire money to a particular account, as is common with these types of scams. However, it was certain to cause disappointment if someone thought the check was legitimate and then realized it was not, especially since the check was for far more than the amount they would be anticipating from the stimulus. There will certainly be more scams in the coming weeks. The key with any of these scams, whether related to the coronavirus pandemic or not, is just be aware. Know what tactics scammers may be trying to use, and don't get fooled by them yourself. So that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us, and be sure to come back here next week when we begin a three-part series on protecting your accounts by discussing the topic, Four Principles for a Secure Password. Until next time, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Cybersecurity Made Personal Podcast. For more information on today's topic and a transcription of this episode, check out the show notes page, which is linked in the description. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, we would also appreciate it if you could take the time to rate and review the show. It really does help us get noticed. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. Please do not take any action on your computer, phone, or other device unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash disclaimer for more information. Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman, 
Thanks for listening and stay safe.